Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 43 of Rookie Mistakes. It has been quite a while since I have had an episode. I think it's been three and a half years at this point. Originally, when I had started the podcast, I had always intended to actually have conversations with other people. And when I was traveling, it was just a lot easier to just do it on my own. So we're definitely going to be doing a little bit of a 360. I think what you could say about the podcast before was it was generally travel related, more advice on, you know, going to different cities all over the world and maybe more of like a journal of where I was at in my life. And now I really just want to focus on other people and kind of what it takes to be successful and show people other people's stories so they can get an idea of what those people did. And I think it'll also give them confidence to pursue things in their own lives. That was originally the intention with the name of Rookie Mistakes. I think for me growing up, I always thought that if I wasn't good at something right away, then it just wasn't meant to be. I don't think I really put together the idea of actually you know, like starting something and just working hard at it and continuing to do it even if I'm failing at it. I played sports my whole life and I was always naturally better than most people, I think. And so I never really made that connection of like working hard and being consistent with something and then getting good. And so that's kind of the mentality of this podcast with it being called Rookie Mistakes is like you should expect to be bad at something when you start it because you're just a beginner or a rookie and so I hope with talking to these different people and it's going to be guests from all different walks of life it's not going to just be you know like one specific industry or uh, you know like one demographic of people it's going to be all over the place it'll probably be you know like health related fitness um entrepreneur type stuff it'll be all over the place really so with this first guest with Jana Jan is probably the most generous person I've ever met in my life and I think she has the mentality that pretty much all successful people have where I don't think anything's really holding her back and it's more of just a matter of hard work and staying consistent with it rather than like being discouraged by failure. She's someone that's, I think, always been really good at that. And you're going to hear in this conversation, I think you'll get that impression that she's like that. So she's done a little bit of everything. And it was really interesting for me to learn because I didn't know all of this, but she's done politics. She's done nursing. She's in real estate. She does public relations. So she's kind of done a bunch of different things all through her life. And she's still doing a lot of them today, but I think it's just a really good example of, you know, like she wanted to do something and then she would just go do it and stay consistent with it. And she wasn't really ever like doubting herself and stopping, right? So you'll get a little bit of everything in this episode. Um, it's only an hour, so pretty short. I want to have longer conversations, ideally with this podcast, it was actually kind of funny because it felt like we had gone like two and a half hours and I looked at my phone because she had to go and it was 
think we were only like an hour in at that point. And I was just like, wow, that's insane that it's only been an hour and we covered so much. So hopefully they'll get longer over time. This, if you are listening, is obviously on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. But there's also going to be a YouTube channel as well. I recorded video for this episode, so you can watch it on YouTube if you would like. The channel is called Rookie Mistakes. So you can watch it there or you can listen on any of the major you know, podcasting platforms. I'm a little bit bummed out because the video I don't think is really in sync. Like the audio and the video aren't in sync with each other. And I've been, you know, spending like 15 hours, 15, 20 hours trying to figure it out. And I can't figure it out for the life of me. It might just be something that, you know, like the settings were wrong when I started and that kind of screwed everything up. So hopefully that gets better in the future and I can figure that out, but just be warned if you are watching it on YouTube. And I think that's it. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Subscribe to the podcast, like it. If you, if you are on YouTube watching it, please like and subscribe. There will be hopefully an episode every week. That's what I'm shooting for, one a week. Still haven't reached out to find out my next guest yet, but I do have someone in mind. So I hope that person will agree to do it. And I hope you enjoy. Thanks. So I thought I've been thinking a lot about like what the best thing to talk about would be and sort of like started out right. And so I remember a few years ago we were sitting in that room and my mom had you tell me this story about when you, uh, you were trying, was it like pajamas that you were trying to sell? The silk pajamas? Oh, yes. That? Yeah, of course. So I wanted to start with start that. With, so okay. Just tell it. So just tell it okay. in the beginning. So. How old were you? How old was I? It like has to be 30 years ago. Okay. Okay. And were you like successful at that point, like financially, or were you? Yeah, I had. Okay. I had just made, I, my net worth was a million dollars. So. Okay. So pretty successful already, well, and then you that's have. That's not too successful, but for most people, I'd a say. little bit of money. Yeah. Okay. Bill and I had gone to Hong Kong, okay. and bought um, a, as gifts. I brought back the Chinese silk pajamas. Uh-huh. I put them on. I pranced around, and I said, "Look how cute these are! Look how cute these are!" And I said. When we get back from our trip, I said to my husband, I could sell these. And he said, yes, you could. And I said, I bet I could get these into Nordstrom. And he said, if anybody could, you could. So then I gather back the gifts that I gave, the silk pajamas that I gave as gifts. I call Nordstrom's lingerie buyer, who Mm -hmm. happened to be headquartered out of Glendale, and so you just looked that up and then called? It's not uh, like you had a connection or anything, right? Nope, you no just connection. I up. made a cold call okay. to the Glendale Nordstrom's okay. and said, how do I show you guys my silk pajamas? And, and they said, oh, the, the buyer is headquartered here. It gave me her name. I called her, met with her. And I bring in my beautiful silk pajamas. And she loves them. And she said, I'd like to bring these in for Mother's Day, which sounded great to me. So I walked out basically with an order. I didn't have all of 
the answers that she wanted, like thread count, because who even knew what that was, right? Mm -hmm. And But I walked out with an order. Now I just had to figure out how I was going to fulfill that order because I didn't know the name of the store that I bought these pajamas at. In Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. So I called the hotel, and I got the concierge to tell me what the name of the store was where I bought these. And he translated for me. So I ended up buying like 150 of these. It was like the pajamas and the um, silk bathrobes. Okay. And I, I brought them in. Part of the lesson of that in my life is if you, if anybody, not just me, because, you know, this, it's not rocket scientist work that we're doing or brain surgery uh-huh. work that we're doing. But if you see something and you want it, if you put your mind to it, there is a way to achieve everything that you want to in life. Everybody in this country has the opportunity to be successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely everybody. You have to find the drive in your belly and be creative in getting there. There's not there's not just one door. There's back doors, there's side doors, there's windows. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it is just being tenacious and creative. So I remember though it didn't go as planned right as far as so like tell what happened right so i had sold my first batch Uh so that was good then i really thought oh i'm in the business now Uh um so i order a thousand pieces and i had no idea i was just ordering and they are delivered in these big huge boxes that i couldn't even move or lift and every piece I probably had about 400 pieces, and they all were stamped with, in red ink, sample, not for resale, which was so difficult. I must have gone to 10 dry cleaners, tried a bunch of ways to get it out. Finally, one dry cleaner figured out how to get them out, but it added, like, the cost of dry cleaning when it wasn't expected. Uh And the fear of, you know, what do you do with, hundreds of pieces of garments that are stamped in big red ink. And then so did you end up losing money on that or did you end up making money? Overall, I made money, not a lot, Uh but it was just the being creative and how am I going to get around it? And then, so did you, you stop though after that thousand order? I did. did, Was it because of that? What happened with the sample or did you just like, you were like, um, this isn't really. No. Um, I, I don't think I had like what would be my next, you know, line or Uh my next look, you Uh know, if I was going to continue, I would have then had a, a summer look or, you know, spring line. Okay. Um, and, and I was, I'm busy with my other, other businesses. You're, yeah, you're pretty established already. So, yeah. So the reason I wanted to start with that was because, like, when I hear you tell that story, I, I feel like your attitude in life has been, like, you're interested in doing something and you just do it, right? And like, right. you kind of just talked about how, like, you can do anything you want in your life. Like, there's back doors. There's different right. ways of doing things, right? And, like, when I'm listening to you do that, 
or tell that story it's like in my head i know for me personally like i wouldn't do something like that like the idea of calling the buyer at nordstrom right and not even having it all figured out already right not having like knowing what it's going to be not actually having ordered anything like that to me is crazy but i feel like that is a common thing with like really successful people is they kind of just like go for it and then they figure it out let me share one back with you connor okay okay you got a passport, left the country for nine months by yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an amazing feat. You didn't speak any other language. Mm-hmm. By yourself, a little bit of money in your pocket, and you left the country and you were successful in that. So... That's true. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's almost like it takes like a little creative idea uh-huh. to be successful, the passion to do it. I think everybody has to find like what they love to do. And if you love what you're doing and mm-hmm. you have, have it be, so it's like I'm living the great life. Mm-hmm. So that like attitude you have, did you always have that when you were a kid? Or did you have to kind of develop that as you got older? I was very fortunate growing up. My grandfather, Mm -hmm. you know, thought the world, you know, the sun rose and set with me. And he would always tell me, you can be anything in this world that you want. Mm -hmm. And my mother was so supportive of me in any endeavor that I want. And, um... Now I'm married and I have a husband that thinks I can do anything. Okay. And you're, are you from California originally? Born and raised. Born and raised in California. And your parents too are from California? Or were they? No, my mom originally was born in New York and moved out here when she was okay. basically a teenager. Okay. And so like what age, at what age did you have like an idea of what you wanted to do as a career like something like where was that first idea of like you knew like oh this is what I want to do so I've changed and done different things in my life Uh I started out I went to nursing school I loved being a nurse and what age were you when you started nursing school 18 and that so that's what you're like I'm going to be a nurse after you graduated from high school exactly and then I'm going to be a nurse went into nursing school worked as a nurse put myself back through college got a degree in in marketing i really loved politics Uh i absolutely loved the the whole game of politics and and the debating of it um and so did you do that or no oh absolutely i yeah i did fundraising for the republican party i got very active in republican politics i stood Five feet away from the then governor Reagan. I was when about he, to ask you, if great. Okay, well, so yeah, that's really cool. That night he accepted um, the. I guess when Carter called him, it was like that phone call. He came down to the Century Plaza Hotel ballroom and made the announcement. So, just for a timeline, so you you started nursing at eighteen, and how long do you know? Like, what age you stopped doing that? Like, were you doing politics and nursing? Uh, yeah, a little bit. They little, overlapped okay. for a little bit because okay. I was making money working as a nurse. Uh-huh. I started, I was interested in politics. Again, this is really thanks to my mom. Um, 
she owned apartment buildings and we were active in the fighting of rent control okay is where i got that i um had a wonderful mentor who um was very active a big donor who took me under his wing and would invite me to you know meet the president meet the vice president meet the governor so i was able to personally um rub elbows with some big republican leaders um so i was very active in politics all through the reagan administration and were you married to bill at this point or no i like, do you got married in 88 in 88 okay and then the politics when did you stop doing that like what year do you remember well i'm still active in in but politics. were you like really like well we, we like we had dinner at the white house you know uh, things like that under yeah. reagan i was still I married cool. yeah i was still married to bill um and in fact the last time we went to um the white house we bill and i had gone to Switzerland to go skiing, and then we were going to meet my mom and some friends in Washington, D.C., and it was dinner at the White House. We had skied that day, uh-huh. and Bill wore his ski bib overalls or ski pants uh-huh. on the plane because he didn't, we didn't have time. He didn't have time to change, and his luggage got lost, so he went to the White House in ski cliffs everybody else was in tuxedo so um that's so funny yeah that it was he mortified or like how was he like what what are you gonna do type of thing yeah yeah what are you gonna do he's that's so funny yeah i love how because i didn't know that right about you and it's and we were talking like before we started right and just for the audience it's like you were like oh i don't know if i have like an interesting life or anyone's gonna want to hear about it and then you like drop that i've never known it like that's that's really cool actually okay so, so you in politics doing that, and then with the, I know you do PR too, public yes. relations, right? So when did you start doing that? So I started to do some political fundraising okay. and creating events, which was great when the Republicans were in power, because I'm a good conservative Republican. <laughs> um, so it overlapped a little bit. Um, I didn't really want to work in in a government agency, um, and it just fell into well, that's publicity, that's marketing, and so that's mm-hmm. um, how my life has always just opened up for the path that I am to take. It's very guided. So I worked for another agency. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started my own. What age were you when you started working at an agency? Do you remember around like what? Like 22. 22, okay. So this is like way back. Yeah. So you've kind of just, and you're st- are you doing the nursing then at that point? Or no, you're just no, doing politics this, and PR. Okay. Yeah, by that point i'm done so 18 to 22 was nursing with some politics, politics. and then 22 is when you hit your stride with like the politics and then we're and, doing some pr right okay and so you're 22 and so how long do you do th- that for 
about a year and a half, I worked for somebody else, another company, um, and felt that it was time for me to spread my wings. And I really was going to go to Europe and take off for two months. Okay. Do a Connor. Um, <laughs> Because I had a good friend that lived in Germany okay. um, and traveled a lot. He was an attorney, and so he would go handle different cases in, in different countries. Mm -hmm. So that was, I thought, oh, well, that might be kind of fun. I'll just tag with, with him. Um, and I went to cancel three appointments that I had, and all three of those people said, no, you worked too hard to get this appointment I want you to come I want you to meet with us one prospective client that then turned into a client said you need to do this for me another client told me what she needed and at first I was just going to do it do these little projects just to do it and, and do it for them and be nice and then uh, one of the clients said okay so now you need to send me a bill and she said after looking at my face, it looked like the deer in the headlights. She said, I, I know you don't know what that looks like, so I've prepared an invoice for you, so you'll want to copy this and send it to me. So um, I wanted a company. My company's name is Jones & O'Malley. Mm -hmm. I wanted a name that sounded like I had been around for a while. I wanted, I didn't want it to be a funny name, like, you know, PR by Saturday kind of thing. <laughs> Um, so I put two cats' names together, which turned out to be my initials, and that was it. Okay. And then, and you've been doing that still to this day. Exactly. And, and so is that, and then, so when does, like, the real estate coming? Is that something you were just doing because your mom was involved in that, and you kind of just did that on the side or a part of that, or, like, how? Uh, that's, I would say the real estate is, like, our family business. Okay. Um, my mom owned apartment buildings mm -hmm. always. My father was a builder, but I can remember being not quite five years old and going with my mom, and she said, if we rent this apartment and I get the deposit, we'll stop at Pfeiffer's Toy Store on the way home. She got a $25 deposit. We stopped at Pfeiffer's Toy Store, and I got a Maggie Mix-Up doll, which I still have to this day. Wow. Um, but I would work with her, clean apartments if she had to. She would paint. I would cut in the baseboard for her. So as her. you're growing up, you're doing this. Right. Okay. Um, I learned how to rent. I learned I would go with her, like, tied at the hip. So she would look at properties. She would crunch numbers. She would meet with tenants. She would rent apartments. So I just followed right in her footsteps so that I could do that and when I was 15 years old she took me in on a deal and I made $25,000 $24,750 and I thought that was it and I bought my first apartment building when I was 18 wow um from that money and then just working more and yeah, saving just, up yeah okay um but it was Let's see. It was eight units, and it was in a bad part of town. Do you remember where it was? I, absolutely. Where was, where it, was it first? It was in Compton. 
Okay. So a really rough part of the head. And do you know what year was the 18? So it was probably, okay. So like, so it was so, still about, it was like a really bad area. Still. Yeah. Oh, still. Is it better today or is it, would it's, you say it's, yeah, it's better it's today, better today. Okay. but I, um, bought that and my mom said, well, I don't want you going down there. And the real estate broker couldn't believe that I would be willing to buy it. Uh -huh. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll go down and collect the rents for you. And the plan is hold it for a year and sell it. Sell it. So that's what I did. Wow. And I made about 200000 off of that deal. Um, so once again, like the theme is like, like people would be very afraid to do that, especially like I'd imagine as like a woman and you're like, you're tiny, right? And so like to not even, to not even, I don't know. You just, there's like no, it seems like there's no doubt and you're just like, I'm going to do this. Right. But so you have that same thing because you got on a plane, not exact. You had your first little leg of your trip planned out, but then you kind of like went like this and it's like you figure it out as, as you go. So do you think for not even thinking of like someone listening to this, right? Do you think, is it like, is it upbringing? Is it environment? Like, is that, cause like you said, your parents and even like your husband, like they're very like positive and have always kind of instilled in you and told you, you can do whatever you want to do. So like, if someone doesn't have that, do you think like they need to find a mentor? Is it, is it getting out of the environment you're in? Cause it's hard when you're young, right? Cause like, it seems like you were like your whole upbringing, you kind of had that like positivity and then your mom also with you with you doing all the real estate and helping her out, right? That like really empowered you to like, yeah. I think the conf like confidence obviously, right? And then you have, and then this mindset you had. So like, if someone doesn't have that, it's like, what do you, what do you do? Do you have I, any advice for that? I think everybody has it. Uh -huh. They have to find it. And whether it's meditating or getting a mentor or trying 10 times, you've got to figure out what it is you want. Uh-huh. And just don't stop till you get there. And and life is also a journey. It, it's not a destination. You know, it's like it's this great ride that we're on. Mm -hmm. So it's like not everything is smooth. I've got scars on my knees from, you know, falling down. Mm -hmm. Losses that we've sustained. It's just part of, part of the journey. And how gracefully do you get yourself back up, mm -hmm. brush yourself up? off and keep going the other thing that i know that has helped me is to have friends mm -hmm. around me that have been there for me in my happy days and when i'm excited about something share that with me but also a good friend that you can lean on and cry on their shoulder when you need to mm -hmm. Think that makes a big difference. Yeah, I do want to get back to that because that actually brings up a question. So hopefully I remember. But so I want to ask you though. So you like at eighteen you made like you made two hundred thousand dollars right selling this property that you bought. So why? Well, why? I would have been nineteen by then. Nineteen. Okay. So, but you're still super young, right? Right. Why? Like, why then go into nursing? Why not just stick to real estate and like hit that really hard? Because I didn't want to sell real estate because you make a commission. Uh -huh. That's like working for a living. Uh -huh. 
I wanted to make money. Okay. And and I I knew you could make money. And I like I'm a capitalist at heart. Um, I like owning things. Uh-huh. You know, I I like real things. I like to kick it. So then, but so if you but going into nursing, like you're still like you're a salaried employee, right? So right. W- what was the idea there? Was it just to is it something you enjoyed and you're going to make money to save up to then like buy, buy more property or like what was? Um, I worked as a nurse. I really love nursing. There's a great part. It's like nursing can feed your soul because you're giving back. It's uh-huh. just lovely. Uh-huh. Um, Probably until maybe the past two years, I have worked to save money to buy something else. Okay. And now at this point, as soon as I've like let it go, it's almost like you know the floodgates of heaven have opened up, and it's just even like that much easier. Um, but before I, I would set a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big goal setter. I like to write my goals down for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year, for the decade, six ways from Sunday, uh, list maker. Um, But I always had the goal to buy a piece of property every year. It was on my my list. Okay. So let's go back then. Forward a little bit okay. with the PR and you starting your own like agency, right? Are you you're doing you're also doing real estate at this time or no? Always. I've done real estate always. I was either in partnership with my mom uh-huh. or um, when my husband and I got married, we literally ha- have bought a piece of property a minimum of a piece of property every single year since you got married since we've gotten married okay so you've since you started that PR agency you were basically doing like you had your hand a little bit in politics still you're doing the PR and you're doing the real estate right, right? okay and then and traveling for fun and traveling that's my for fun. yeah that was my life you just summed it up and that's another thing is that all three of those things are like self-starter entrepreneurship type things, right? Like working for yourself, being your own boss. Is that something that you always wanted to eventually do? Like, did you, like being being a nurse, right? Like you're obviously giving back and it's nice, but you're also working for like someone and there's that, like you're an employee, right? So did you, there's the, yeah, the structure. So did you like not like that or did you? It, the structure never bothered me answering to somebody doesn't bother me uh-huh. because I feel like all my clients are my bosses and I feel like my tenants are my bosses. I want my tenants happy. Mm-hmm. I want them to pay rent. I want my clients happy. I want them to pay me. And I also genuinely love getting results. Okay. Is there ever anything that you wanted to do that you never did because it doesn't sound like it seems like anything you wanted yeah. to do you did um, like you tried it there's no like oh i can't do this or like being in an industry for so long and then like almost like starting over in a way 
but you just I, found a way to yeah i i have been able to move jones and o'malley to do different things okay and has that has that always been here or now the no i have my office used to be on riverside drive okay. um this is kind of a fun story um talk about manifestation uh -huh. i was in a building that my mom was selling and i was gonna have to move and i was so upset i wanted something that was close to my house uh -huh. i wanted something that was little and mine but i didn't want an office building and i get in the car to run to the grocery store and as i get in the car i say where I am supposed to go is going to just run right across my path. There'll be no mistaking where I'm supposed to go. I go to the grocery store. I'm sitting at a red light. I look to my left, and I see a truck pull up. Two guys get out, and they're putting a sign in a yard. doesn't really do too much for me. I go to the grocery store. I come back. I hit the same signal. And I'm going to turn to go up my street. And I see they put a for sale sign. And then they put the second little placard that says office space. I go home. I say to my mom, come on, you got to look at this. I call my husband. We drive over because it's two blocks away from my house at that point. I call my husband. He comes over. We call our real estate broker who calls the person who owned the house, mm -hmm. their real estate broker, their real estate broker calls the owner of the house who happens to be home. So they look out the window and they say, is that them in the car? Yes, yes, yes. Do they want to see it? Yes, yes, yes. We come in. Everybody's on their cell phone. We cut our deal. 30 days later, I was in my office. Do you remember when that was? What year? Uh, 1999. 1999. 23 okay. years ago. And do you like everything you do equally, or is there something you like the most, like between the PR, the real estate, and like the politics side? Or cause I know you said earlier you like really love politics. I I love politics. It, uh -huh. It's exciting. Um, although of late, I kind of feel like it's gotten a little nasty, and you see the corruption. So so. That so you feel it wasn't like that back then? Uh, yeah, no, it was a good game. Uh -huh. You know, it was like, you know, playing football, and I love to win, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think it's gotten a little bit, like, more corrupt. Um, okay. I love real estate. I like taking an ugly apartment building and making it beautiful. I love creating a place that's a home for somebody, you know, it's where they live. It's where they're going to be happy. Um, my, and I like making the money and I love what I do with Jones and O'Malley. I get to be creative. I get to create results for clients. And has there ever been like a desire to, Have you always had the mentality of like being your best self or have you always, have you been like competitive in the sense of like, I want to be like number one? Cause it seems like you've, you've always done different things. Right. But it's like, 
do you ever think that if you focused on just one thing, you could be like even like more successful in that thing, like at the, at the very top of it? Um, like who knows where you'd be today if you stuck to just politics, right? Right. Like you could, right. you know? Right. So. Uh, they had, uh, the Republican Party had asked me to run for state assembly, which okay. I did. My name was on the ballot. Wow, that's cool. That kind of fun. Um, let's see. I don't think I would have wanted to stay in politics. Uh-huh. I think that my success in real estate can't be matched by anybody that I personally know. Uh-huh. And I love what I do. I feel like I'm living my best life work-wise, career-wise, physically. You know, I exercise every day. I eat well. So is was there ever a time in your life then where you didn't feel like you were living your best life? Like, what was, like, the hardest... Do you have like a point in your life where like, oh, this was where you were really struggling and you had to kind of like turn it around and figure it out that you can think of or it has always been? No, it, you know, I think that if you have a little bit of faith, see where you want to go and stay on the path and just don't do anything, stay on the path, you know, don't do anything that would cause you to, to fall off. Don't sabotage yourself. But so I don't think you then really see failure, right? As failure. It seems like you. No. Like it, even to the story with the pajamas, like some would consider that a failure because well, not I guess you still made money, right? But it's like I don't know. There was like there was struggle yeah, with that, sure. right? It was it was stressful. There was things went wrong, oh, but it's not like you're yeah. doing that as something, as like a hard. It's, it's just not part a of negative, life. right? Yeah. Right, and we've taken big hits on on property in in Georgia. Ugh. I would consider that property in Georgia a complete failure. Um, but what you do is you get up and it makes you stronger. Okay. And so I do want to talk about the real I guess one thing I wanted to ask too was with the with like the cold calling, right? Because you did mention when you're doing the pajamas, you just found the number of the buyer and you just called. And then even, I remember when I'd come here and like, you just, you find who you need to call and, and you, you call, call and you're like really good at it. Like you're a really good cold caller. Do you, is that something you had to learn? Or you just always kind of had that? Cause that's something I, people really don't like doing. No, you know? I know like most people. Take, t- yeah. Take right. someone and they're not like going to do that. Right. I can make anybody if they don't like cold calling, uh-huh. I can at least make them be able to do it. But I think that that's like a cornerstone to anybody's success. If you can call somebody you don't know, introduce yourself and ask for something. That's success. And is that does that go back to just how you were raised where you, it was instilled yeah. and you could always do what you want to do? Go get it. So call. Call. And just so, ask what you... Yeah. And then so back to like someone that, I don't know, it just seems like, I think your mentality is what most successful people have, right? It's like a necessary part, but it's, it seems like, I mean, most people don't have that. And it seems like, what are you going to do if you're, because you talked about like you, you had good friends, like your parents instilled 
confidence in you and like gave you agency and like you actually did things right with the real estate. So I just wonder though how we can we can probably get to that later. I'll I'll save that one. Um, so I do have that as a question actually. Um, okay, so with the real estate, I want to. So we kind of talked about this earlier. I think you said you had five properties that you're flipping right yes. right uh -huh. now. Okay, and so. As far as like how many, because I want to give people kind of an idea of like how successful you've been at it, right? Um, how many properties do you actually own between the family where you're like renting them out to people and like you own them and you're not, you're not doing any flips or stuff like that? Um, so we have 150 or so units, okay. a couple of commercial pieces of property. And then five houses that we're flipping, which is kind of like a, a new flipping the houses is a it's little new, bit yeah. new dynamic to what we're what we're doing. And have the properties you own, have you owned those for like a very long time, or and you're just sitting on them, or like how? Um, the properties that we have right now, building, I yeah. would I would keep. There isn't really anything that I would sell as a unit comes vacant in like a 20 unit apartment building we'll go in and we'll fix it nice new kitchen new bathroom flooring um and to hold or to flip to hold to hold okay. raise the rent so you're still looking to buy apartment I, complex or like i wouldn't buy apartments right now, right now uh -huh. because of what i saw the city do yeah. with the eviction yeah. moratorium yeah. so and I feel we have a lot. If I had any more, I would need to focus more time on my real estate. And there's just so much time in one day. Um, that's why these houses are fun for us. Uh -huh. I'm able to take my daughter and my nephew in on these. And my brother. <laughs> my nephew. Yeah. Um, and, and show them this is the ugliest house on the block it's totally beyond disgusting and here is what we're going to do with it and can you see this and pull them in and say well where would you put that door and you know what color do you think um and let them be part of the creative process that's really more fun than what i did with my mom just because she painted an apartment white and that was it so you mentioned the eviction moratorium for so we're in LA for anyone listening or watching and yeah so there was an eviction moratorium where you couldn't kick people out of the apartments right, right. even if they weren't paying rent correct and I think California in general isn't it still kind of more on the renter side as opposed to the person that's owning the building yes. right it's more like the laws are more in their favor it's a blue state yes used to be red right back when you were Reagan red so you, you stopped and that's why that's i know it's blue because you stopped doing politics <laughs> like full-time um so that's obviously like a really difficult thing to go through right how did you handle that like did you have did you have renters that weren't paying and i think it's one thing if they lose their job right and can't afford it versus if they're just not because some people just don't pay the rent if they don't have to even if they're still working like i've heard plenty of stories about right. that so like how did what happened with that we had a couple of tenants one tenant paid his rent 
sporadically. I think he had an addiction problem, and I think that the pandemic kind of dropped him into a hole. Mm -hmm. He did apply, and he got the state money to cover his rent. So we were made whole at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and good news on that tenant, I just asked him if he got a job he was going out for, and he did. So he's in great shape. Um, I, I would say most people want to do the right thing. There's really very few people that look to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do to... Like take advantage of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't have any issues really with that? I have one that's bad. One. But, but but over 150, that's not... Right. No, no. That's it, nothing. And I will leave, Victor, <laughs> we will prevail at uh, the end of the day. But, you know, really one out of all the tenants that we have, it's not bad. Yeah, that isn't bad, actually. Yeah, because yeah, I've heard horror stories. And then people, too, they were like, uh, they were only working so many hours, I think, because they could con collect unemployment. Right. And yeah. then they could also work. And then they're making like a ton more money than they, you know, it's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't really. Uh, do you think like your, your, I guess we could get to the, the manifesting, the positive thinking, like, do you think all of that has kind of protected you throughout your life of like really bad things happening to you? I do. I had a near-death experience. Yeah, we and mentioned that. So uh, can you talk about that story? Yeah. Um, I was choking on something. I passed out. I turned blue. I stopped breathing. What age was this? Um, Long time ago or like somewhat? No, like 19. Okay, 19. Okay, so Nin very young. Yeah, okay. very young. Oh, okay. Actually, I've had two, um, and left my body, you know, through the tunnel exactly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, really? All that stuff, all the bells and whistles got right to heaven. I saw everybody that I knew, including my cat and my grandfather, um, that had died, uh -huh. and I got up, and I saw my grandfather, and I was so happy to see him. And he pulled back and he said, no, you're not ready, but I will watch over you and protect you every step of the way. But you will make a difference in every person's life that crosses your path. Um, a very good friend of the family's walked into our house as I am blue on the kitchen floor. Mm -hmm. He was a medic in the Israeli army. Wow. He, picked me up with one hand and did the equivalent of the Heimlich maneuver. I think he just about cracked a rib on me, but uh, I'm here to talk about it. Um, so I feel like that experience and seeing different things and changes who you are. And did you believe in like God before that happened? Or because you said you went we, to heaven. Yeah. You know, I grew up going to church uh -huh. not every single weekend but you know it's like and not a strict religious but definitely spiritual um but that absolutely changes who you are and what you see my second near-death experience was on my honeymoon okay. i um somebody had stepped on my toe the worst time for it to happen. Oh, right? I know it. I, I know it. Um, where was this? What, like, let's where did see. you guys go? We were all 
had gone all through South America, but we okay. were in Argentina, okay. and I went to get a pedicure, uh -huh. and somebody had stepped on my toe. This man literally dropped, stepped on my toe, and then dropped his suitcase on my on my big mm -hmm. toe, and it really hurt. Uh -huh. But I couldn't see because I had red nail polish on. So finally, in Argentina, I'm getting a pedicure, and they can see that there's dried blood under the nail. Mm -hmm. And she says so she's going to put medicine up, and this is making me s feel sick, and I don't feel good, and I don't feel good, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to tell her I have to go to the bathroom. Now, how do you say that in Spanish? So I'm thinking, I'm count to 10. All right, now I'm going to tell her, okay, I'm done. It's, she's got to be done. And I stand up, and the very last image I have is, my husband's calling my husband who's running towards me and he was getting his hair cut mm -hmm. um and he's sliding because i had knocked over the bucket of water that my feet were soaking in um and when i came to they were doing cpr on me my heart had stopped and i'd stopped breathing and that was from the med that was from the medicine anaphylactic shock okay. whatever that was so you're allergic to something but we don't know what and you you orally took it or it was no she was put putting on, it up my it on, but oh, I, on, under your nail under my of. nail but i literally felt the heat come up my leg that's crazy oh, so did so and that though wasn't like did you go somewhere with that experience too or no that was more i did, yes so i went through the tunnel, um, out of my body, through the tunnel. You're like, I'm back, or what? what like, yeah, what right. <laughs> Here I come again. Um, and on that one, um, I was stopped by Bill's mother uh -huh. and his sister, and they both cried and said, please don't, please don't leave him. He needs you. So I went back. It felt like going in a vacuum you know like the section of a vacuum cleaner mm -hmm. at the back of your neck and did that experience change you at all also or you already had like the you kind of got what you needed from the first one uh, the first one was definitely way more impactful uh -huh. but i i working as a nurse i would see other people that we resuscitated uh -huh. come back and share their so you were working as a nurse when that first time yes, the, the first experience time. happened. Okay. And so, okay. Cause yeah, you're like one of, I think you're easily the most generous person I've ever known. And it's not even just like, cause a lot of people they'll like donate money. Right. But it's like you are like generous and help out the people like in your life. Like there's so many different, just like over the years I've heard from like my mom of like different things. Right. And so, do you think that comes from having that first near-death experience? I think, let's see, I think it comes from seeing my mom always give, uh -huh. seeing my mom always make a difference in other people's lives, being enough evolved to know that this it's not all about me, it's not the Jana show, uh -huh. it's about what can I do to make everybody's life better, but it's also being in a position to do it. And that's why everybody needs to be successful because can you imagine if everybody could live their life of being in service to, 
and seeing what they could do to make other people happy, mm -hmm. whether you're holding a door open or buying the person in front of you an ice cream cone. Yeah. Okay. And then you s we talked about this too before we started recording a little bit. You said you had, now you have a superpower. Was that from the first near-death experience or the second Yeah, the one? first. The first? Okay, the so first. can you talk a little bit about that? Like how you, what you yeah, feel about I like... I just feel like I have a little extra special gift of like an inner knowing in making a decision, a guidance that I really think comes from my grandfather looking over me. Uh -huh. And is it, so as far as like, like the manifesting and all that, is that was that instilled then from like your upbringing too or was that more of like you read something or uh, no um even when i was a little kid my mom would have me go to sleep listening to tapes about manifesting really and okay. being positive yeah that's so interesting it's almost like your subconscious mind was like because i feel like people like subconsciously something happens in their childhood that makes them not confident and right stop, and it like right. stop like and it, it seems like you didn't really have that but also you had so much like you had so A many things push. to boost you yeah. yeah and like subconsciously it just like you were programmed to just have the mentality that you needed right my mom had polio as a child uh -huh. when she was like 3 or 4 years old in her right shoulder and she could have gotten disability or considered herself handicapped. Uh -huh. She never did. Um, she would shake hands and move her arm. Her yeah. arm, and we have friends that we had known for twenty years that would say, "John, does your shoulder hurt?" And she'd say, "No." And oh. then my husband would say, "You know, Dan, did you know that Joan had polio?" No. Um, I think my mom was one of the first women to break the glass ceiling because uh -huh. um, she, she's just dynamite. She can do anything, be anything, and, and go for it. Yeah, so maybe if we could talk a little about, about your mom. Because, yeah, during that time when she would have been growing up, like you said, it would have been hard for, like, a woman to make her way in the world right right so how can you kind of talk about the story of her getting like her first apartment building or like what she, she did to do that and like start sure. on the path um she divorced my father when i was like four or five years old and she managed the properties herself and she would buy the properties herself and she would we painted we cleaned vacant units she showed them um, but she really, at a time, you know, when that wasn't the norm, mm -hmm. she was out like working and making money. Um, but she has uh, her great, great little pearl of wisdom of hers is at quote, Susan B. Anthony, every woman needs a purse of her own. And that has been like a driving force. Every woman needs to be independently not independently wealthy but secure and purse you mean like money you don't mean right. an actual purse right right okay. not the gucci bag yeah. but <laughs> that doesn't hurt too right. oh, i was money, thinking right? the same thing i was thinking yeah. i like that too 
That's funny. So, okay, but you touched on something there. You said your parents got divorced when you were four or five. Did that, were you just too young to really know? Were they really good about still being around for you? Or like, how did that work? Because usually that's like, for a person, that's a very, Traumatic. that screws people up. Right. So I hold no ill will to, to your my, dad. yeah, to okay. my father. Um, they got divorced and he, he made no contact. He didn't pay child support, which was another driving force of why my mom really instilled in me to be successful and to be independent. Uh -huh. um, but I, it didn't screw me up. I, I met him shortly before he died. Uh -huh. um, so he was, when you were four or five, he was gone from your life. And right. It was just your mom. Right. And did your mom have any, like, were there any, like, stepfathers or any of that? Or, like, she dated or, like, other men in your life or not oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple that, you know, I would have chosen to be my my dad. Uh -huh. um, she did remarry. Um, I was very close for a father figure. I was very close to my grandfather. Very special place in my heart. Grandfather of your mom's mom. dad? My yeah. mom's dad, okay. So do you think then, because that's another thing, when, when I feel like when a father isn't in a kid's life, that's also like incredibly traumatic and they generally don't end up well. So do you think having your grandfather in your life as like that male figure for you kind of like is what helps and kind yeah. of prevented that from happening? Right. Well, and there's also something like a grandparent gives to a grandchild, uh -huh. like, I don't know, like the goodies or something in life. Um, his was M&M's. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely think that he replaced, you know, the male figure. We had great family friends, you know, that the man who saved my life, mm -hmm. Jacob, another good friend of ours, Toto, um, I loved to pieces. So I... I think that I replaced it. I never had any trauma or injury from it. Okay. And then, because your mom was from New York and she came to California, was your grandfather in New York still any come and visit or did he move to like no, California? No, he moved here when she was a teenager. Okay. In fact, so going back to the real estate, uh -huh. my grandfather moved out here at the end, like during World War II. And there was a housing shortage for the returning soldiers. So what he did is he bought a big house, like an eight-bedroom house, and he rented out rooms. Really? Okay. That was in California? Uh-huh. Okay. Hancock Park. Wow. That's so crazy. It's kind of funny how, like, everything kind of revolves around California, and you're thinking, like, in the past. That's kind of yeah. cool. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, because that seems to be the the thing is, like, then if you have, like, a grandparent that is a positive, you know, role model for you, too. Okay. Have you, I, I, I'd imagine I know the answer, but I'll, have you ever felt lost? Like, you don't know what you want to do with your life, or you've always kind of, no. you've always had that? Do you have any advice for someone that, like, who does feel lost? Do you have... Like, what would be a good way? Is it just, like, taking action and constantly trying to find what you want to do and find, not giving up? And... Right. Find what you like. Find what wants you to get up out of bed five minutes before your alarm goes off uh -huh. and go for it. Do you think people 
some people just never find that or do you think it's just a matter of they just didn't keep trying new things do you think everyone will find that thing that i think if they want to find it they will and the other great thing tying this all back together is a grateful heart gratitude Uh is probably like the best thing in life Uh and nobody that I know does gratitude better than your mom. Yeah. That's something she always, you know, like instilled in us too as kids. That's good. Make me tear up. (laughs) Um, So is, is gratitude though like, I guess it's just the it's it's part part of that is like the is the mentality thing though right is like having like positive thinking things are gonna work out type of thing and I don't know I, I feel like it, so you if you if you think someone you said if someone wants to find the thing right they'll find it. Not that every single thing, you know, like going to work and clocking in, you know, I'm sure somebody wants to be a doctor and ends up being an engineer and they don't love it, but then find what you do love. Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's baking. Find, find the love. It doesn't always have to equate to money in the bank. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think, though, there's a component of it that people don't feel worthy of finding? I think people sabotage think themselves. That's yeah. what I think. Okay. And so then how do you not, how do you break that pattern? What would you say to that? Is it going back to, because it, it goes, it all kind of ties back once again to like childhood, right? Is like feeling like worthy, loved. how you're subconsciously programmed, how you're loved, right? Empowered to like do things for yourself, right? right? That type of thing. So it, it just does it go back to that? I think it does. Okay. I, I think it does, but I think I think everybody's strong enough to break through and say, okay, maybe I didn't have a good childhood, but here's what I know I can do. And bad things happen to lots of people. My husband had a very tough childhood, uh-huh. but he grew up loved, and from that he was able to create a fabulous life what about when you were in school did you go to public school your whole life I did public school do you feel like because think about if if you're living if your home environment growing up isn't good and you're not getting what you need from that right one other place you could potentially get it is at school and with your teachers or like like after school sports for example or like the friends you make right but I feel like today school is probably very like public school specifically is probably very different than it was when you were going to school right. so i feel like today and maybe it's just the culture as well but today there's like this victim mindset that gets like pushed out there and i feel like people so not only are people getting they're not getting what they need from home potentially but they're also like in everything that they consume and then at school too they're being told like like you're in your position and you're not going to get out of it and like yeah, again, I I think that 
everybody can break through. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the things you have to say is, you know, this is really like awful. This happened or, you know, that's a messy, ugly feeling in my tummy on something. Put it in a box, put it in the closet. When you want to feel sorry for yourself, pull it out and play with it. But on every other day, get up and put on your happy face and go live life to the fullest. We have so much to be grateful for in this country that Mm -hmm. we're free, that we have anything at our fingertips. So then let's let's kind of what would your advice be then to someone let's just use like as an 18 year old that maybe didn't have like doesn't they're not going to college right well let's say they can't afford college at least right and they they don't have that like they haven't developed that mentality of like think they can do anything right like what would your advice be to someone out of high school like what should they pursue that doesn't want to go to college I I would say find a trade whether it's a nail technician a plumber learn to do something that has value and then i would imagine too like you we kind of touched on mentorship earlier do you think it's important then to because i think when you're really young growing up you can't really cultivate the people you surround yourself with but once you're 18 and you have the chance of being independent when you're on your own like maybe you're out of your house or whatever you can actually cultivate relationships right so do you think that's important then too to find like friends that are like you had where they're positive and like kind of lift you up instead of tearing you down and then like maybe a mentor I think mentors are great I I think everybody needs other people that you can lean on and maybe you lean on this person more when your heart hurts, or maybe you lean on this person more because you think they'll give good financial advice, or this person more because you think they know more about loans or mm-hmm. buying something. Um, I, I think it's just that you surround yourself with great people and that you be a great person in the midst of that. Okay. Yeah, because honestly, Brandon's like my brother. Brandon's a good example. example. Like he went to high school, wasn't going to college, and I think we knew you obviously. Actually, how how it came up is he was over at our house with your mom picking Uh up Colin, Uh the other brother. brother. (laughs) Um, I'm Aunt Jana, Um, and your mom Sherry, my best friend, said to my mom, "Why really?" don't know you know what you know like what is he gonna do and and sherry was upset and my mom said well brandon what did you ever think about you'll have you've got to get into something and he said well i did think about being a plumber and my mom said okay i'll put you with my plumber for a couple of days and see if you like it she did and she actually again who my mom is she paid eddie the plumber to so that brandon could get paid mm-hmm. so that's that's like where it started and today to brag a little on brandon he got his plumber's license after 10 years 
not 10 years. I'm saying 10, like, think of when that, he was, what, 18, 19, maybe 20? Right. And now he's 28, so like 8 to 10 years. But that, uh, to but say try, the journey right. to oh, get the there journey, is what I'm yeah. saying, right? Right, but he only would work one day a week because he was working at that other job. Yeah. So, But he is a licensed plumber in the state of California, and he also just recently purchased the camera to find the leaks, which is, like, a big deal. So success yeah and i'd say credit to him is like he stuck with it he did like, even if you're not doing it every day like he stuck with it he worked yeah. another job he did it yeah like i said eight to ten years right of that process and now it's like yeah he's on his he, way he of. could be have he has a plumbing business yeah yeah he does we're gonna have to promote that at some point once yeah. he gets yeah. going um, wait what time is it 11. Okay. Are you good? Like 10 more minutes? 10 minutes? That's fine. All right. So I'll just ask you some questions. And we've covered mostly everything, actually. Um, what about like advice for getting started in real estate? Like, let's say you don't have money. Is it just simply working, getting, working a job, eventually high-paying, saving money, and investing? Or is it, it maybe finding someone that you can... It is making the sacrifice when you are young, uh -huh. not buying the expensive car, not living in the expensive apartment, saving your money. The first piece of real estate that you buy is the hardest piece to buy. And from there, it gets easier. Do you think you'd recommend like a flip? Or like what are you... Or like a... What, multi-family like what, a, what i know. think everybody should have like uh -huh. this would be perfect for you like a house and two units in the back a house and a couple of units in the back you're single right now you live in one of the units rent out the house get that property paid off and then when you get married and have kids then you live in the house okay but the units in the back is income. So ADUs is like building oh, ADUs? ADUs, yes. Okay. okay. What about what's success to you? We kind of touched on this earlier, but it's not just financial, obviously, right? Is it right. kind of just a, a bucket of like money, friendship, relationships? and? So success you know, it's, it's a yardstick. So you can measure it in dollars. You can measure it in friends. Um, absolutely, you could measure success with how much money you make or you have. Or, um, And I absolutely do. I know that's a measurement of my success. It's an accomplishment. I've accomplished it, you know. Actually, very proud of it, um, but it's also what you—the success of who you are as a person and what you can do to help other people. If you could start over today, like let's say from, for anyone, right? What would you? Are you going into real estate? Are you? doing a, tra a trade um you personally like what or like are you going into politics like with how things are now basically because obviously like buying real estate back then right is different than buying it now like price wise right. too and i also think like 
the dollar is worth a lot less than it was back then. It get like right salaries have kind of stagnated, yeah. and then but Inflation like values of you know stocks, go. real estate. Are you still doing real estate eventually? That's still oh, is the goal. I will do real estate till the day I die. Okay. I'll be okay. looking for a flip. All right, let's do two more. What's your biggest lesson in life? Would you say? Biggest lesson. You could like impart on someone. Like, what's one thing? You think it's to like find a, the best you that you can be and share your love without hesitation at a hundred percent. Don't withhold yourself. Be open. Be true. And the last question, let's say we were sitting in a room with your 18-year-old self <laughs> and we played your life, like you got to yeah. watch from, like your that 18-year-old kid is like watching your life play out to now. What do you think that person would say? Would, they be surpri- would she be surprised? Would she think um, like, yeah, that's exactly how it... So my life has been a dream uh-huh. and it's a better life than I could have ever, ever imagined. I have been so blessed and lucky and fortunate and everything just about always goes my way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I skinned my knees a few times, but I would say to my 18-year-old self, don't stress. Don't take it to bed with you and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's another day. <clears throat> get up and fight the battle and hang in there mm-hmm. but she would you think she would be like good life oh best ab- life i i say to my husband next life i believe in reincarnation so next <laughs> life he better too so next life meet you right back here same life i would do the same life again all over awesome all right thank you thank That's you it. connor excellent this was good thank you God, I didn't think I could talk that much.